are so worthy you are so worthy you every breath every life belongs to you the lamb who upholds all things and by his name all things are preserved by his word the power of his word all things are preserved the lamb who sits enthroned upon the universe the sack of the earth you in whom all things consist and have their being you who created all things for yourself for your pleasure to you be glory honor power majesty dominion everything unto the lamb of god and to the lion of judah to you be the praise to you be the glory father thank you even for what we are going to experience today in you lord to you be the glory we glorify you in advance lord thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you so much father to you oh god be the praise hallelujah we give him praise we love him hallelujah he's more precious than silver more costly than gold nothing we desire nothing i desire compares to him oh yeah 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 nothing i desire compares to you nothing i desire nothing i desire oh nothing I desire nothing I desire compares you are my desire and no other desire compares oh nothing nothing I desire nothing I desire Nothing I desire, nothing I desire compares to you. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome for this uh, lunch hour broadcast. We want to give God the praise who has uh, given us the opportunity to be here on this platform. And uh, wherever you are, I pray that you can be able to settle and be able to receive from the Lord today, even as we are at his altar. Amen. Um, I want to bless the Lord for the opportunity we have to seek him as we are in fasting and prayer in these days, waiting on the Lord and uh, getting aligned to God's will and to his lordship to his workings in our lives we believe that the Lord is preparing his people for greater greater things that he's going to do with us hallelujah and uh, I encourage you to stay focused to keep on track don't lose track of what God uh, is calling you into God spoke to us and says keep coming keep coming so let's keep going to him let's be often and regular in his presence at the altar and the Lord shall do great things. He will transform your life, make you like Jesus, and life will become sweeter. Hallelujah. Praise be to the Lord. 
Amen. Father, we bless you for the word that we are going to share today. We thank you so much, Father, that you are the God of our lives and you know what we need. You know um, exactly what our spirits need, Father. You give us our daily bread. Father, Lord, you, you give us our, our, our food in due season, the right food for the season. And we know and we believe that even today you're going to give us something for this season, something that we must have. And so, Father, I pray to give me utterance and to give me your words, Father. Give me your, your heart as I share the things that I'm going to share. And I pray for every listener to receive the words and to receive your heart. That, Father, each of us, Lord, shall be better and we shall be empowered. The Holy Spirit will have ministered to us by the end of this broadcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be his name. Uh, as we're in a season of seeking God and uh, whatever you want to call it, seeking God, knowing God, pursuing the Lord, etc. Um, there are so many things that we, we have to give attention to. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, what is important is to ensure that when we say we are seeking God, we are not just saying it, but we, we know that it's what is happening in our lives. You know, sometimes we, we say things and um, because it's in our intention, it's in our state of mind, but yet in action, we have not yet done it. As we saw on Sunday, where the minister shared with us more about seeking the Lord and the issue of you know, seeking the Lord with all our hearts, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue and the whole heart getting engaged in seeking the Lord. Hallelujah. So, um, let's have uh, some interpretation. The whole heart must be involved in seeking the Lord. Uh, that's a prerequisite for it being effective in your life. And, and so all of us must, must begin at a particular point, but end at a point where the whole heart is involved. Tuning your heart and aligning your heart to God is a process and it takes the spirit of God to do it for you but you have to submit yourself to certain vigilances so that the Holy Spirit can work even Paul said that I beat my body with blows I bring it under subjection so that I may not be disqualified hallelujah so be careful that you are literally giving yourself to this exercise so that the Holy Spirit can have his way in your life. In this issue of seeking God, today I felt the Holy Spirit um, leading me to share about this aspect because he wants to minister to us and remind us about this aspect. Many times we rarely talk about it. 
or when we talk about it we talk about it very um, in passing or, or lightly and it's an issue to do with the word of God seeking God in the word the word of God you know many times especially as I grew up in, in, in the Lord and I was through school and through university one thing that was very noticeable in those days was how people were so strong in prayer uh, and so given to prayer. People would spend overnights in prayer. People would spend hours in prayer and they would spend minutes in the word. Minutes. Uh, and there was no um, discipline of seeking God in the word. And there was this great imbalance that was so evident among the young people. And there are so many things that happened in that time because that's, that were offshoots of that imbalance. You have someone who's so strong in the spirit in terms of prayer. They seem to have the spirit and the zeal. They seem to have the fire. But when it comes to the knowledge of God, when it comes to living in the word, uh, they are so weak and then you begin to see also errors that come up because of lack of knowledge in the word and, and you know for many people who are like that they were only strong because they prayed but they never had a foundation that could hold them even when they could not pray. Those moments when you feel like you can't even pray or your prayer life is under attack. Many of them would fall far and they would get so, so condemned because they had no foundation on the word. Sometimes you just scratch over scripture looking for simple revelations, a little excitement from the word. And today we hear so many comments like the word of God is boring. Where somebody tells you that they cannot, you know, really go far with the word, reading the word. So many people do not have the discipline of studying the word, of meditating on the word, but they are seeking God. And for them, seeking God is spending time with God in prayer. In fact, there was a time where people thought that the word had to do with the letter it kills. People used to think that, oh, the word is about, you know, religion if you are so much in the word that the letter kills, but the spirit. And when they say the spirit, they are talking about these gifts and this fire and this, you know. Uh, and it was a misconception of scripture really you know and, and people beginning to think that the supernatural only happens when you have 
you know, in, in prayer. Serious prayer. Okay. And we see prayer as that door to everything in the supernatural or in the divine. And then we see the word as just a, a mental exercise. Something for the mind, something to just open and get a few instructions. And, and I, I want to be bold to say that in, especially in my country Uganda and in the circles of ministry the word has been put aside big time there is a high level of ignorance of the scriptures even, even when we take it to the place of the altar the pulpit there is a high level of ignorance because sometimes even those who are supposed to teach the word are too busy to seek the Lord in the word. Too busy. And many of them are, are still gleaning from the revelations of the past. They don't have a fresh meal a freshness of God's word. And if that's in the pulpit, you can imagine what's in the pew. So many people do not have the freshness of God's word today. They are behind in the divine curriculum. Very behind. They are not built the way they are supposed to be built. Many Christians, however much they pray, they are very weak. Spiritually weak. However much they look fiery, excited about God, but they are weak. Mentally, they have a carnal mind. In their desires, they are driven by carnal desires. But when it comes to prayer, they shake like the prophets of Baal. They pay the price of prayer. And you can just give them the tick. They're like, wow, these guys can pray. Praise the Lord. Many are very weak. Many Christians are not growing the way they ought to grow. They, because they, they do not assimilate the word at the rate they are, they are supposed to. They have not grown in that assimilation of God's word. They have not grown in understanding of the word. They have not grown in application of the word. Over years, over years, they are in almost the same class, same area, same level of understanding of the world, same level of application. You know, but in prayer, they believe everything will work by prayer. 
Okay, so if there's no progress in the word, there can't be progress with the child of God. If there's no progress in the word, there cannot be progress in a child of God's life. You are one time in P1. Okay, and in P1, they taught you one plus one is equal to two. And you, you took it as true. But one time you reached P5, you went to P6. They began telling you one plus one in base 10 is two. But one plus one in base two is 10. They began to complicate things because you had grown in understanding. In P1, they were telling you stories and the boy went to the market and he met a, he met a dog there and they tell you simple stories like that and then they ask you a question who went to the market and you shout the boy then they say where did he go to the market simple you reached P7 they are telling you now the history of Buganda Nabi is it Nambi and who and Chintu, they give you some lies and you believe and then they make you write sentences and paragraphs and you write them you are no longer the other P1 child who was given a little information your ability to assimilate has increased information has increased your ability to understand to perceive has increased and your ability to apply has increased so seven years down the road you are a complicated person because you have increased understanding but when it comes to the thing called the word of God the last seven years did you progress from P1 to P7 are there things today that you never have understood seven years ago that you understand today you know what is your level of progression in the word hallelujah maybe you went to S6 you progressed even further at a certain point now they brought when you no longer were doing whole numbers they brought you des decimals mixed fractions then they introduced cosine, sine and tangents you went into applied math and you saw pi what, what, what all that funny stuff I bind that stuff in Jesus no I'm joking <laughs> praise the Lord all those things that you learn is because you progressed in your natural understanding. Now, in the spiritual understanding, your ability to take in the word of God. Why do we stagnate? Why do we hold back? I believe that there is a deception that is in the body of Christ. And this deception is basically a blindfold. Something that has blinded believers from the value of God's word. It is a blindfold. 
So many of us, however much we have our Bibles, and by the way, we are blessed to have Bibles today. The saints of long ago never had them. So we are blessed. But however much we have these Bibles, we have no understanding of the value of the Bible that you hold. Hallelujah. So, so many things are going wrong in the children, in the lives of God's children. The Bible clearly tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 8 that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, there are two things of, that make life possible there is bread which is our natural food and then there is the word which proceeds from the mouth of God which is our spiritual food so there is living by bread and then there is living by the word when you live by bread in the natural your body is empowered to move through life and execute the duties of life when you eat bread you are given longevity in your living. If you're not eating bread, your expired date comes closer. It comes closer. So the same in the spirit. God, man lives by every word. The interesting thing about every word that proceeds from the Lord is it's not only beneficial for our spirit but for our bodies and for everything that pertains to life. When you read Proverbs chapter 3, you can understand that. That the word of God has an impact on, on life, on our physical life. The word of God has an impact on, on whatever we do. But why is it that we do not see the word in its true light? I believe first and foremost it's because of the flesh. The flesh. When we live life according to the flesh, after the flesh, the flesh can never show you the beauty of God's word. When we handle the word of God, within the realm of the flesh. We are bored, we are discouraged, we have no joy for his word. We see as if we are wasting time. I also think the reason is the second reason is because of spiritual warfare. The enemy knows that the word of God is the light of life. And he wants people to walk in the darkness of life. So, so many of us are drawn away by forces of darkness from the word of God. Some of us, even as we sit down to read the Bible, our warfare starts when we sit there. You begin to feel your mind moving to and fro to tell you can do something else. The enemy does not want you to settle in God's word and develop the discipline. 
of the word of God. Praise the Lord. So ladies and gentlemen, today I'm speaking to people who seek the Lord. That as people who seek the Lord we must learn to seek God in his word. Okay? Now in the book of Proverbs 28 verse 9 in Proverbs 28 verse 9 it says that he that stops to listen to the Lord even his prayer shall be detestable before the Lord Proverbs 28 verse 9 he that turns his ear away from hearing the Lord his prayer shall be an abomination this scripture is very interesting and I want to show you how prayer and the word are related it's a simple definition it's a simple definition prayer is God talking is man talking to God most of the praying we do is man talking to God most of the praying we do is man talking to God I understand there are moments in prayer that God will talk to us but most of it is man talking to God he opens that spiritual gate for God and to talk to God but the word mostly is God talking to man when we attend to the word it is God talking to you so how you treat his word when he, how you treat his word is how he treats your word your prayer he says if you don't listen if you turn your ear away from his word even your prayer your own words to him become an abomination the attitude we have towards the word of God may affect how God receives our prayer imagine someone who wants you to listen to them but doesn't want to listen to you can you build a relationship to them with the person they want you to listen to them but they don't want to listen to you when you are talking they shut the ear but when they are talking you listen this scripture here tells us how we must treat God's word because our prayers depend on that. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want, I want ladies and gentlemen us to be very careful today and, and ask ourselves as I'm seeking the Lord do I seek the Lord in his word? The deception that someone cannot find God in the reading of the word it's, it's, it's a terrible deception. That lie that I only have to be praying, speaking in tongues, on the altar, that that's the only place God will meet me. It's a lie from the pit of hell. We can meet God on the altar of his word as we are 
attending to his word. There we can find God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 I want you to look into this scripture. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Okay. Another version says all scripture is God breathed. And there are four things that he brings out as a use of scripture. He says it is for teaching, for doctrine for reproof proving for proving reproof is to prove by conviction uh -huh. yes reproof here is talking about proving by conviction for correction and for training in righteousness. Listen friends, all scripture is God breathed. God breathed means that he invested his spirit in the scriptures. And by the spirit, the scriptures were written. And the Bible says not some of the scriptures, but all scripture. Even Matthew chapter 1 which talks about genealogies. Even Leviticus, which talks about all those laws and sacrifices, all scripture has the Spirit of God as the author. Men were writing, but the Spirit was authenticating it. It was birthed of the Spirit. So the Word of God is from God. It is not just the Word of God. It is the Word from God. It was birthed by the Spirit. And there are four things the Word of God will do to you. You. The first thing the word of God is for teaching, for doctrine, for instruction in knowledge. Praise the Lord. Amen. So one thing that every child of God must do who is seeking God is to be taught by the scriptures. Is to be getting revelation and instructions that produce doctrine a body of knowledge that builds you that is what we call doctrine it is a body of knowledge that builds you you do not pick one scripture and call that doctrine. You pick a number of scriptures and different understandings from different points of scripture to come up with doctrine, scripture confirming scripture. 
Hallelujah. And this is what many of us really need. Without doctrine, we cannot be truly built. Built the right way. I know many of us are, are waiting on the church to give us doctrine. Yes, there's the part of pastors and everybody trying to teach the doctrine. But there is also where the Spirit of God begins to individually teach a person. Because the Spirit of God knows you. He knows what you require to be built. So if you do not attend to scriptures, if you do not seek the Lord in scripture, you are going to miss out on the doctrines. The Bible says for reproof. For reproof. It helps you prove by conviction. The, the, the scriptures build your conscience. They fortify the conscience of a person. So that you can prove what is good and what is bad. You can discern right from wrong. That comes by scriptures. Being put in your heart. The Bible says for correction. The scriptures correct us. Because as I said. The human heart will always drift. Sometimes we even sin and we do not know we are sinning. So the scriptures come to correct us. So that we walk in the way of righteousness. If somebody is not in the scriptures. They may pray all they want to pray. And they may never be aware. Of something they need to set right with God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. The scriptures are also used for training in righteousness. Disciplining you in the things of righteousness. They coach you. The scriptures coach you in righteousness. In other words, you begin to know what God wants. And the scriptures train you to do what God wants. Not only are you getting correction. But you're also getting the revelation of the will of God. And you're being trained to do that. Now look at verse 17. It's very important. Verse 17 says, So that the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly furnished. Or thoroughly equipped. For every good work. So that the man of God. Or the woman of God. May be complete. Complete. Think about that word. What completes you? What makes you mature? What makes you perfect? The scriptures. When the scriptures begin to attend to you in matters of doctrine, in matters of reproof, in matters of correction, in matters of training in righteousness, when that ministry of God's word begins to flow in your life, the Bible says you start to become complete. Maturity. You get equipped thoroughly and unto all good works. Praise the Lord. 
Ladies and gentlemen, there are so many people today in ministry. So many of us serving the Lord, doing amazing things for God. But we are not well furnished. We are not perfected. We are not equipped. We have growth defects. Growth defects in our lives because we have not attended rightly to the word of God. We have known just a few sides of grace and a few sides of God. Not the whole counsel of God. We are so, you know, and the enemy will hit you in that area where you are so weak. You, you, have, you just have this one side of you. And you are, it's as if you, you, you have everything. You have this particular revelation in which you have been built. But there are so many other facets of the grace of God, of the word of God, that you are so ignorant about. And they are the one limiting your progress. But it's only because you are not giving yourself to the word of God to seek God in his word so that also his word can attend to you in doctrine, in reproof in training it is it and I believe this is one of the reasons why not so many arising in this country. Even with all the praying we do. This is one of the reasons. And it's a major, major place. We are not at that place where we, we know how to seek the Lord in the word of God. We are not at that place where you can find an individual who is not a pastor, who is not a deacon, who is not a worship leader, is a child of God. Maybe they are even in Sunday school or in the youth department, in the youth ministry. They are probably not yet even in any form of ministry. But when they carry doctrine, they have doctrine. They have been ministered to by the word of God. They have sought God in scripture and they can stand confidently and defend what they believe. Very few you will find of that nature. Men who can stand and, 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 and be able to differentiate right from wrong because their conviction is strong. The work of the conscience is fed by the word of God. 
Men who have been instructed in righteousness. They are not babes in righteousness. They are not trying to find their way to live right. Their convictions about righteousness are solid. The Bible says in righteousness you shall be established. That is in Isaiah chapter 54. In righteousness you shall be established. Before it it begins to say that no weapon fashion against you shall prosper. It says you will first be established in righteousness. The word of God instructs you in righteousness. Today we have people who are struggling in righteousness but they do not attend to God's word. Friends, the word of God will establish you that the man of God may be perfect or complete lacking nothing thoroughly furnished for every good work every good work John 14.21 John 14.21 He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it he it is that loves me. Let's stop there for now. He says, He that does what? He that has them and keeps them. You cannot keep them if you don't have them. And having them doesn't mean having a Bible. Having the commands of God means that you have invested time to sow those words in your heart. You have have taken the time through seeking God in his word to assimilate the word. Assimilate it. Loving God begins with assimilating his word before doing it. Let me say that again. Loving God begins with attending to the scriptures and assimilating them. Jesus said, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. How can someone keep what he has, I mean, do what he has not had. Or what he has not taken. That which he has not received. How can you obey a commandment you have not taken to heart? So the the Lord Jesus has said that he that has them and he that keeps them is the one that loves me. So if you really love the Lord, you cannot avoid to love his word. And you cannot avoid to obey that word. And then he says, he puts a promise to the one who loves him. He says that he shall be loved by my father and I will love him and I will manifest to him that is a promise attached to those 
who attend to his word and who attend to doing the word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you the truth. We have underplayed God's word. Many of us are not spending the due time in the study and in the assimilation of truth. You know, if truth does not become part of you, grace cannot stay with you for long. That's the truth. If truth does not become part of you, if, if God's word, the Bible calls it the word of His grace. Paul said, I commit, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. If the word of God, if truth does not become part of you, the Bible says He has desired truth in the inward part. If we do not assimilate truth in, it is going to be very difficult to operate in the grace of God. The Bible says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And the apostle said, and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten son. They beheld his glory. But what did he come full of? He came full of grace. He came full of truth. The word of God. God desires that we become saturated with the word of God. Your mind becomes saturated. The strongholds in your mind become the word of God. And by the way, the only way to undo strongholds of the mind is by reprogramming the mind with the word until the word becomes the stronghold of your mind. You become full of truth. That truth becomes your natural element, your default. And then righteousness becomes the outflow of your life. This requires investing your, yourself to attend to attend like the Levites of Psalms 119. How they attended to the law. They waited on the law. They hoped in the law. They meditated on the law. Their eyes were red because of the law. They spent nights studying and meditating on the law. We need to do the same. Hallelujah. The nature of God's word is that God's word is a seed. The parable of the sower. And you and I know that when we talk about seed, we are talking about having crop and a harvest. If the word of God is a seed, it means if God wants to do anything, he must plant a seed. His word. If God must do anything on the earth, any, any ministry that was born on this earth, the Bible talks about the ministry of John the Baptist, that he was in the, day, in the wilderness until the day of his manifestation. But the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came 
John in the wilderness. John was in the wilderness until a seed came to his heart. When the word of the Lord came, the ministry was birthed. Things were birthed when there is a seed planted. A divine harvest does not come unless there is a seed. If God is going to do something in your life, He has to plant His word in your heart. He has to plant a seed in your life. That seed comes by reading the scriptures which have God breathed. That seed comes by listening and attending to the Lord in prayer. The enemy fights the seed. He fights the seed. He doesn't want the seed of God's word to fall on the soils of your heart. No, he wants you to be without seed. Because however much you pray, however much you shout and bind and cast and there is no seed in your heart there will never be a divine harvest you will pray and pray and pray and give birth to wind give birth to air give birth to nothing because inside you there is nothing divine that is growing nothing was planted, nothing is being nurtured in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So prayer is like plowing the ground. Prayer helps to prepare the ground. The more you are prayerful, the better your heart will become. You are breaking that hard ground in you. The Bible says, break up the fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. Through prayer, we plow the fields of our hearts. Then, through attending to the Word, spending time in the Word, enduring in the Word, until seed is planted, until we assimilate the Word, then we get the divine investment of His Word. And then we have the Spirit of God who begins to move upon our hearts. He's like the rain of heaven. He waters that, that seed. He nurtures that seed. He gives life to that seed. That crop begins to grow in us. We begin to have a divine harvest. Fruit begins to manifest. We have divine results. Where did it begin from? He that has my commandments and keeps them, it is he that loves me. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are going to seek God, be balanced. I don't know where time has gone, but uh, I see our time has run out. But I encourage you. Be balanced. Man shall not live by bread alone. Man lives by every word. If you are not accessing that word, if you do not habitually get in your Bible and seek the Lord to give you the food for your season, you are not living. You are existing. You are existing. 
If you are the kind of child who has been praying hours and attending to the scriptures in a, you know, in a haphazard way, may your eyes open today. If it's possible, may God start to allow us to spend hours in His Word. May God start to allow us to spend overnights in His Word. Over days in His Word. Over the weekend in His Word. May the Lord start to allow us to move to places, solitary places, not just to pray, but to get the scriptures open, to assimilate them. May God help us that instead of being on WhatsApp for one hour, two hours, three hours, that we open the Bibles on our phones and we start to meditate on scriptures day and night. Blessed is that man who delights in his law and in it he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and whatsoever he doeth, he shall prosper. The Bible says so. That meditate on his word day and night. That you may be able to do what is written. In it, thereby you shall make your way prosperous and have good success. Let the seekers of God return to the word of God. Let the seekers of God return to delighting in the word of God. Return to the hunger for God's word. Prayer alone cannot sustain you. Many of you are malnourished in your spirits. Many of you have growth defects in your spirits because you have not attended to the word. Come back to the word of God. There is life in the word. There is life in those words. They are God inspired. They are God breathed in the name of Jesus. May the Lord restore the hunger and the thirst for the word of God. May the Lord restore the desire to stay in his word, to commune with his word, to stay in the words of God, to meditate in the name of Jesus. May the Lord teach us to access the hidden things in his word in the name of Jesus. As the Bible says, labor not for the food that perishes, but for the food that comes down from heaven. The word of God himself. Jesus is the word himself. Let's labor for him as we open the scriptures. Let's hunger that he will open our eyes to behold him in the scriptures. To behold the things hidden in his in his word. Lord, we pray, restore us to your word as seekers of your face. Restore us to the word as men and women who desire true fellowship with you. There has been an imbalance in many, but bring us back to that place where we'll put the word in its place. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll repent 
of all laziness to study God's word. You repent of every wrong attitude you have had towards his word. Repent of every attitude. That attitude of negligence neglecting his word not caring about what he says I said in, in Proverbs 28 verse 9 if you don't care about what God says he won't care about what you say in prayer repent of every attitude may the church of Jesus come back to the place of giving ourselves to doctrine sound doctrine studying the word soundly the Bible says I end with this verse 2 Timothy 2.15 it says give diligence give diligence give diligence to see that you are approved before God many are chosen many are called but you have to prove yourself to God and he says give diligence to prove yourself as a workman or as a minister in regard to his word that you divide it correctly you understand it correctly you apply it correctly he says you need to prove yourself to God there are many of us who have not yet approved ourselves before God in the area of his word in the area of understanding his word in the area of applying his word now he calls to you he speaks to us prove yourself give diligence and prove yourself a minister a workman who divides the word correctly that's my encouragement to you today may the Lord bring us back to the word in the name of Jesus Father we thank and we praise you for what we have shared today blessed be your name revive the word revive the word in your people revive the word restore the love of truth restore the love of your ways restore the delight in your words for all scripture is breathed of you Lord bring us back to your word Father let's forget these small small moments we have with with your word. Let's forget these things of just having a memory verse for today. May we attend to the word of God and may our teacher the Holy Spirit spare nothing but minister to us that the man of God the woman of God shall be complete equipped, lacking nothing prepared for every good work. Thank you Holy Spirit. We bless you. We glorify you. Bless your people who have listened in as they return to their duties, Father. May your word cause them to prosper. And those of us, Lord, who are at home, those of us who have more time to attend to your word, may we continue to do so. Father, give grace to everyone. There are some of our brother, brothers and sisters 
whose jobs demand so much from them and sometimes they feel they're in a place of not knowing what to do sometimes they feel father finished by the work they do father we ask you to increase grace upon them let them know that your grace is abundant that that grace will enable them to do what they need to do but above all to walk with you in depth and in the requirement you have of them. This we ask for them, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. May the Lord put his grace upon each of you to walk in his word, to keep his word. And as so you do so, he will manifest. He will reveal himself in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you so much. Have a good afternoon. We meet tomorrow.